Hey, it's Shanna, and this is the At Home Tarot Podcast, where we're building a home within ourselves, one daily spiritual practice at a time. Good morning and welcome in to yet another day here on the podcast and here where we join together, where you are welcomed into my home. Come on in, sit down at my table, have a cup of coffee, have a cup of tea, and let's do a spiritual practice of tarot. Let's connect in with our center. Um, Let's use spirituality as a way of self-observation, which is uh, a very certain part of spirituality, which is seeing towards the true self within. And uh, that's what we want to do here. We want to center that, meaning we want to stabilize it at the same time that we're focusing on it, stabilize something deeper than what we live by on the surface each day. Um, Our emotions, our thoughts, our beliefs, we want to go beneath them. We want to go beyond them. Um, All so that we can unhook from codependency, so that we can be with what is around us without it completely destabilizing us, where we get to have our emotions and thoughts and beliefs, but know that there's something more there happening, not getting caught up in the strategies we used to use to avoid people, to avoid pain, to avoid discomfort, to avoid watching people we love in discomfort, um, all of those things. So welcome in. Have a seat. Let's get started. You might notice today some noise around me. Um, It really will be like sitting at home today. We've got, um, oh, it's so humid. It's so humid here in Nova Scotia. Um, So it's humid yesterday and we broke down and finally got ourselves a nice portable air conditioner. So our window is slightly cracked here, so you might hear the rain today. You might hear a little bit of traffic way in the background if you're listening super close. You might even hear a puppy in the background as well, um, still taking care of four dogs. And one of them um, is is just a little more needy, a little more uh, vocal about what's going on with it. So you might end up hearing little dog barks or even little dog whines. I may have to pause and go bring him in, but um, that's kind of my experience this morning. It's early. Um, I've been trying to get up for 6 a.m. again. My partner actually leaves for work at 5.30, so he's usually up a lot earlier. And just trying to enjoy being with the world again like I used to. I used to be a very early riser, 5.30 every day. Um, And part of that was to be in the silence of the world before it really started to get going. I really loved that feeling. I was chatting or someone was chatting with me um, and then back and forth about human design yesterday on Instagram. Um, someone who, who works with human design and works with people. And we were talking about my mountain um, perspective as my environment. And uh, she was just laughing because I had shared a picture of being at the library and I was on the second floor 
and I have this view. And one of the words she reflected to me, just as we're having this very small banter about environments, um, was that, oh, of course, because you need to be removed. You may need to be um, apart from so you can observe. Because uh, I was saying that I try to get height when I sit places. I'm always searching for a view and I'm always searching for the highest view. And so when I can't do that in a little cafe, I often try to choose um, a table that's a little higher. And even then, she was saying with her shores, she will try to take in both the cafe and say out a window where I will not. I will often either just look out the window or point myself actually into the cafe to, to really observe what's going on there. And so I thought that was really um, funny. And I thought that nothing in a while has summed up that observational side of me. I've always had this. I've worked with a coach in years past and they asked me what my gift was. And I said, you know, I do pay attention to people and I do hear them. But to me, it feels less empathetic all the time and more observational. That I'm always naturally set to observational mode um, and that I have to work to open my heart and invite it into the observation in order to have that empathy. And it's how I am designed. I am designed to do that. And it's why people seek me out to observe their life, to read tarot, even to work behind the scenes in their business sometimes, um, because I will sit and I will observe what's going on. That's just what I do. All right. So that was a little bit of my experience. And um, perspective's kind of a thing in the cards today. Um, I've got a little dog who's um, barking out the door into the rain because it wants out into the rain. So cute. And also, I apologize. But also, this is... <laughs> There's a reason I call this at-home tarot because it, it really is just meant to be me at home and this is my reality right now. And I actually kind of think it's funny because I think it actually really fits with the cards. Um, so let's get into the cards um, around perspective, around being with, with what's around you. Um, we have two major arcana cards today. Um, so our self-abandonment card is the hermit card. It's the ninth card of the Major Arcana. It's associated with Virgo energy, which is ruled by Mercury. In our self-returning, we have the Empress card. And this is the third card in the Major Arcana. And it's associated not with any particular astrology sign, but with a planet of Venus. Now, one thing to know, oh, did we set an intention? Let's set an intention. Notice how one little pause can bring us back a little bit to take a step back. We forge ahead so often. I'm thinking about yesterday's reading. My ambition here is to read 
and tell you all about these cards and how important is it to pause and double check that ambition. So for just 20 seconds, what is your intention here today? What are you looking for here today? What experience, what um, experience outside of you, inside of you, are you looking for some sort of guidance around? This may apply to that. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will be something else. But what's going on inside of you? And then send up a little meditation to source that says, you know, let me hear what I need to hear this morning or tonight or today. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Now let's get into the cards. So one thing about the Major Arcana that I learned last year that has really changed the way I, I read Major Arcanas um, is about the three lines. So there's 21 cards, zero, the fool, not counting. And that means that there's three lines of seven cards a piece. And the first line, one to seven, is the ego line. Um, it That doesn't mean anything in terms of all of it being ego all the time. But it is about that constructed life and that constructed personality that we live with. Um, and, and kind of the building of that out. And then we have the next line, which is about getting really conscious and especially of ourselves. <clears throat> and there's a little bit of that um, progression towards ego deconstruction, but we don't quite step into it. We just start to see things more and we become willing to maybe let go of who we think we've been. And that's where Virgo and the Hermit come in. They come in on this in the second card. So we have the Leo card, the strength card about seeing all of this power within you and being able to choose to be calm, choose to be expressive. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but this little dog is so tiny. But it is always panting, the sweet little guy. He's just getting old. It's nothing. But um, so sweet. You might hear him in the background. Because <laughs> I sure do. He's right here on my feet. Um, so uh, our Virgo card comes in after strength. And usually it is a card um, with that Virgo archetype of self-analysis. Where we are finally able to look at ourselves and shine a little bit of a light on what's actually going on, who we've actually been being. And there's, there's just a fun, I think fun energy as a Scorpio where the hermit encourages us to go deep into self-exploration to go into self-development um, and coming out the other side, having found our authentic self. And so 
when the hermit is in its health, which it's not today, but I think it's important to talk about that dynamic. When the hermit's in its health, it's saying, ah, like we have found or we're in the process of finding that true self within us, that authentic state within us. And so we can stop all the striving. We can stop all the seeking. We can stop all the question asking. We can stop all of that. And and what we can do is step away from ourselves and see ourselves from a distance, see ourselves from that um, removed perspective like I was talking about. And so you can imagine yourself with yourself, you know, at, um, like I was yesterday, at a library. Imagine that me in the library on the second floor looking out the window is actually me, ego me or or day-to-day me, whatever you want to call that, my observational mind, looking out into the world and down onto the world and really being able to observe it and that world being me being my authentic self, being, being who, um, who I'm actually being in reality. Because our ego self is the self we live from when we are not thinking, we are not being conscious, we are not being intentional, and we're not observing ourselves. And so we've all been there where our emotions take over, our old belief systems take over, our thought patterns, and all our triggers and responses and activations take over. And that's what we're living from. And the hermit steps back and watches this occur, watches this occur. And so when this is in its shadow, though, and especially with the Empress next to it, who's in the line of actually being in life and building life, where the next line is a little bit about observing our life, right? Becoming not just the person living it, but also the observer of it and of our of ourselves. When the Empress is here next to it, I think the influence of a self-abandonment for us can be that we can get so caught up and especially the fact that this industry of self-development, which is even a little bit of what I do, obviously, right? Or spirituality, we think spirituality is all connecting to source and it is, but so much of the self-development supports that connection to source. Um, And I think a lot of times we have to do some self-development work in order to allow ourselves that connection and that stability that comes with connecting to something higher, something larger than us. You know, if we're full of ego, we will believe it is us running our whole life and that source has nothing to do with it. You know, because the ego believes it is in charge of everything. (laughs) Um, And we will continue to do it all alone. Um, And so with the Hermit and the Empress, I think the self-abandonment point today is getting caught in living 
always as the observer, always as the observer. This energy really wants to remind us today that being an observer, going within us all the time, analyzing ourselves, developing ourselves, that that is not the living aspect of what we do here. That that is almost the working aspect of what we do here. Now I say that because Virgo rules the sixth house. In the sixth house on the surface is our habits and what we do every day. And people have really associated that with the kind of work and responsibilities that we have every day. And so when we're, and there's deeper meaning I'm not going to get into um, around patterning of the self, right? And all of that, um, these deep-rooted patterns um, and trauma responses and things like that. But when we think of it through that lens, the hermit reminds us that when we're in self-development work, when we're always being an observer of self, um, that we cease to then live in this world, right? If I'm always up, out, and removed, when am I living as the person I'm observing? And so while I hold a deep value of self-development and self-analyzing, obviously, um, I think that's very clear if you've listened long enough. Um, we can get really caught always being the observer. And the patterns that have come up for me as always being the observer is that that means I'm also always trying to reflect things to people. I'm always trying to tell people things they're not ready to hear. A big hermit learning point and a big Virgo learning point is when do I tell this person? Because they can only hear what they're ready to hear. They can only see what they're ready to see. And I actually don't have that knowledge. You know, that's a big ego shed is I don't have the knowledge of what someone is ready to hear or see about themselves. And so if I'm always stepping back, this is where we start to get into relationships, by the way. If I'm always stepping back, being the observer of life, I'm doing that in my relationships too. Not only am I always analyzing and when this is in its unhealth, criticizing, being critical, fixing, right? When you can observe things, you will want to reflect how to, you to fix them because you think you have this um, removed observation, this um, logical, right? This common sense look at how things are happening for someone. And so in our relationships today, it might be with us, it might be with other people. And so we can get caught up being the observer of life and stop living it alongside of other people. And we get trapped in always being that observer. And then it's a very small step into being the fixer and being the advisor. 
and being the, the helper and the supporter. And how many of you listening are in situations where you have been offering judgments, offering advice to someone who is continuing to either tell you or show you with their actions and responses that they are not ready for your observations. In fact, they don't even want to hear them because because they can't meet you there, it will always be taken as criticism. I learned this from an ex who, thankfully, um, we've cleared the air there. But I was constantly observing. I was constantly advising. And it came across as judgmental. And it came across as criticism because he was not in a place where he wanted those observations. Now, does this tell us a lot about another person? Absolutely. But we're here to find our center in the whole mess of things <laughs> because we can only control our own actions. We can't change that they're not ready. You know, we try to focus on, well, what do I do about that? How do I change that in them? We're already back into codependence. We're already back in codependence. We're already back in the hermit. We want to look and see and observe them and see if we can't figure out what's going on there. So we need to put all of that down today. We need to understand that it's okay to observe ourselves. In fact, it is such a spiritual practice to be in silence or to pause and really observe ourselves and really observe others. But that was never meant to remove us from living. And the Empress comes in as a self-returning and she is in the major arcana line that says, let's be here, let's live life. There's nothing more than this. And while we know that's not true, that we have capacity to be the observer, to move into a higher consciousness. I can't say that this morning, conscience, consciousness. Um, and by that, I just mean be an observer of ourselves, not just ourselves, right? Um, to really observe ourselves and how we're functioning, to kind of step away from ourselves energetically and, and watch. Uh, the Empress is here to remind us with this Venus energy to be here, to live life. That is her whole function. She understands how to be with the nature of life. She's such a beautiful card because not only is she tangible and physical, meaning she is here, she is now, she is you wherever you are. Take a second. What do you see? What do you smell? What are you touching? What are you feeling? What are you hearing? What do you taste in your mouth? That's Empress. She is here right now. What are you going through right now? What's happening in your life? What's happening around you? That's the Empress. What is taking its course despite you? 
What is taking its course despite you? That's the Empress. The Empress I love so much, um, considering my first poetry book was called In This Season. And the chapters, or I guess the parts were, you know, winter, spring, summer, autumn. That's the Empress. The Empress comes in to remind us, please be here. Please use your senses. But also, please understand the nature of things. That nature will run its course. The, the hermit, who sometimes is seen as a Merlin or wizard figure in some decks, does not have the power to stop nature in its flow. And that's humbling for us and humbling as in we step out of the ego and into our humanity, not humbling as in you're less than that is just patriarchy all over spirituality. <laughs> Humbleness is the ability to step out of better than of observer sometimes observer, in this case, observer, to step out of the ego we've built. So the identity we've built that gets approval, that we think gets love, even though I think um, when you experience um, a deeper kind of love, it, it's beyond the ego, it's beyond the identity, it's beyond the things that you have and own. It's one of the things I wish more people could and would allow themselves to experience as loving someone beyond what they have, you know, beyond the job they have, beyond the money they have. To love someone's nature. To love someone's nature. And to be in that flow with them. Rather than being their observer. I'm going to say this for myself because it's humbling. Again, takes me out of my ego into my humanity, which is not always correct, right? I'm not always right when I'm human. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not perfect. And one of the things I will say that I'm hearing, and I'm just wrapping my head around it, so I'm going a little slower now. Is that when we, no, back up. Have you ever asked permission to be someone's observer? Did you go to your partner and say, can I observe you? Can I reflect to you what I've seen of you? Can I share an observation I'm having right now? How often do we do this? When we are saying things to the people we love. How often? The point of the hermit today, especially in its shadow, is to say we don't have consent, permission, and actually it, it, it's not good for us. It's not good for the relationship to 
be sitting and to observe our partners all the time instead of remembering to allow them the flow of their own nature and to really enjoy and love that process. And when we can fall in love with watching somebody else move in the timing of their own nature, be in their own nature, but also evolve in their own seasonality, that's when we start being loving, patient, kind. And we actually separate ourselves from them because we come into Virgo and health, which is everybody has their own nature. Everybody has their own timeline. And our job is to just be here, to be in the living of that, not always as an observer, not always as an observer, and especially of ourselves too. You know, we can sit back and do so much observation and self-development, which is good, by the way, which can bring about positive things. But we're, why are we doing it? And the why is so that we can be with life. We can be the empress. We can create. We can live in the world. We can use our senses. We can be here and we can flow, right? We can flow with life. So we don't want to live full time as the hermit today. We don't want to be um, so far removed that we're always the observer of life and never the liver of it. That we're always the advisor, the fixer, the person who sees where other people need to develop and instead be the person that can stand beside someone as they move through their seasons, who can live that life alongside them and just like children, enjoy Enjoy watching them figure out each new season, each new experience. You know, when we're in correct relationship with children and that childlike nature, that's where we are. We enjoy watching them figure things out, watching them move through their stages. We ease back a little bit when they can, um, when they're able to start to figure out things on their own, even if they make mistakes. And you know what? We don't love them less because they actually made the mistake and needed help or that they made the mistake a couple times. They didn't share a few times. Um, you know, they they got into anger, things like that. You know, we didn't, we don't cut them off. We understand that this is maybe a harder lesson for them and a harder season for them. And so can we offer that to our partners, the people in our life, not as a way to stay with them, not as an excuse to stay in unacceptable relationships and relationship dynamics That's different, but as a way with the people we do love to stop being their observer and start being with them as they flow in their own nature and just enjoy watching them be themselves 
in the world, even if right now that is an ego self, even if right now they are acting out of a lot of unconscious things that they cycle. Um, can we continue to just be there? Allow them to take their time, um, not get caught in that. And can we allow this for ourselves today? And these are major arcanas, so it's probably not today. This is probably another seasonal thing for us where this spring, or it's not spring, it's summer. This summer into this fall, can we be with the seasons of life? Can we be with other people's true natures? Whether that nature is something we enjoy right now or not, whether we believe it's someone acting out of their ego or identity, their shadow, whatever you want to call it, their unconscious. Can we be that? Can we be there? Can we stop being the observer, the advisor, the self-developer? And can we do it for ourselves? This feels like if this is about you, it's not about taking a break from any of the practices you do that are developing yourself or working through your emotional, mental health, caring for yourself. It doesn't feel like that. But what it does feel like is can we step away from being the observer and the analyzer when we are going about living to get out of our heads and into our bodies while we're living? That those practices are in place so we can do that stuff in a structured boundary space. And that the point of the practice is that so we are outliving, maybe we're making a few different choices. We have a slight pause, um, things like that. Not so we can be the analyzer out in life. We analyze, we do our practices, whatever that might look like for you um, in those practice times. And then we see how that changes the landscape of our life and our living and what's actually going on around us, not so that we can lord it over people and lord it over ourselves every moment of every day. Uh, it gets tedious and I've lived there. So I hear you if you're like, oh, crap. I do this all the time. And I have been that friend that has always been the advisor. I will tell you, I don't have many of those friendships anymore. And that's just a hard truth. And I don't have any of those relationships, loving relationships anymore either. Anyone who I have just always been an analyzer of has moved away from me. And I them. For good reason, right? Uh, there are people who join you in the dynamic and they say they don't like it and then they continue to play out the dynamic where they're constantly only seeking you when something's wrong or when they, you know, need someone to tell them or reflect them something um, instead of just enjoying your presence. They're always kind of trying to force that side of you to come out. So these dynamics, it does take two sometimes. We get comfortable in them. So as much as we don't like them, we also force them upon ourselves, right? Um, so there's that, and I just wanted to add that. But that is my reality. 
is that those relationships have not been successful long term. And while some of them I could still reach out and it would be civil, it's not a close relationship anymore. Um, and the loving relationships I had when I was in that zone did not last. They didn't last. They couldn't last. They were unsustainable um, with me being the way I was. So I'm going to leave it there for you today because I've talked a lot, a lot. What you didn't see of the podcast was there was a lot of pauses to deal with the puppy, to deal with the dog. <laughs> I had to pause this absolutely numerous times. So hopefully it doesn't feel too um, disconnected or disjointed. Um, I did really try to remember where I was at, take a breath, tap back into my intuition. But I wanted to state that in case you're like, this felt long, or maybe this felt slightly disjointed. Um, there would have been a reason. <laughs> and uh, thanks for your patience on that. Maybe you didn't notice and that would be cool. That would be absolutely wonderful if you didn't notice. Um, but either way, this is an at-home podcast. This is a casual sitting on my bed doing tarot podcasts. And I really appreciate you being here for the reality, right? The real life of uh, doing these practices. So we did our practice. We analyzed ourselves, right? Just one more thing in the message. So now it's time to go live. What are you going to do next? How are you going to be with life? You just did this practice. It's going to seep in. So what's next? Go be with life. Go be with your people. Um, step outside of being their observer, their advisor, their fixer. Uh, let this just seep into the way you move through the world. And I will see you again tomorrow. I care about you. Bye now. Thank you for joining me at home for our daily practice today. If you'd like deeper insight into your current energy, head over to JennaDale.com slash insight messages to order a personalized reading from me and be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening so you can join me again tomorrow. See you then. Thank you.